Thanks for downloading this episode of On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, the podcast about how technology is changing the world of communications. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, visit us online at ontherecordpodcast.com, on Twitter at ontherecord, or send email to ontherecordpodcast at gmail.com. Brian Solis, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Eric, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm glad this finally worked out. So um, when, you're, when you're working with a, a business that's interested in social media, I mean, what, what are they hoping to gain? What, you've written about this idea of this aha moment. I mean, what is the common aha moment that you see when you're counseling a client, when they get it and they realize, wow, we're going we're gonna to give this a shot? Well, it's either an aha moment or it's an uh-oh moment. And uh, the uh-oh moment is, is easier to define because it's, it's usually uh, predicated by some sort of negative activity that gets significant traction on the web that they have to uh, consider responding to or, or, or eventually responding to. And on the aha moment, well, it depends um, on the champion. The one thing that we learn within the B2B companies is that there are champions within um, and those champions, depending on where they lie in the organization, could be in customer service, could be in public relations, could be in marketing. Uh, they sort of funnel this level of enthusiasm, excitement, and opportunity uh, to their decision makers. Um, and that aha moment could be, you know, look at all of these, uh, look at all these customers sort of complaining about the same problem or look at all these cu- customers cheering or applauding us for this, this particular feature. Uh, and those aha moments are uh, real, at, at least to me, really fascinating in the sense that we now have an opportunity of which we can start on the same page and then slowly grow social media across the organization. Other aha moments, and I'll tell you, this is the most common, um, it's really the simple, is oh, everybody's getting on Twitter and Facebook. I think we need to do it, too. And so they come to us and say, can you please help us? And then I have to sort of press pause and introduce them to, you know, one of the tools that a lot of social media professionals are familiar with, and that is the conversation prism. And the conversation prism is much more than a pretty graphic of of the social web. It is a a living and breathing map uh, rich with social networks, each of which have a search box that allow you to search keywords related to that business, that company, that division, that product, etc., so that you can uncover at least at a higher level where some of these activities are occurring, where are these hot spots. And it's then when you can say, look, it's not just about, it's not just about getting on Twitter or Facebook. It's about applying some sense of purpose, some mission, some resolve here uh, that we come to the table with value. Why are we? coming onto Twitter? Why are we creating the Facebook fan page? Well, it's because of this, this, and this. And so when you can put data, when you can put resolution, when you can put answers behind the questions that you don't even know to ask, then this aha moment equates to something much more significant. It's the realization that there are not just conversations taking place across the social web, there are influential decision-making steps and processes and considerations that are taking place that are transpiring right now without us. And when you can demonstrate the exact cause and effect of what's transpiring and to what extent, then that aha moment is pretty profound.
BrianSolis.com. <laughs> Are you interviewing me or the website? Uh, is there a difference? Is, I mean, come on, uh, man. Um, we're talking about a, a presence here that is a man. The man is the presence. Oh, man. Well, I, uh, I, I would like to think that they're one and the same, although, as you would know, that there are some things that just can't be shared on the website. You know, uh, they used to say the media is the message, but with you, the message is the man. <laughs> what do you think about hey, that? I'm taking a crack at I'm a theory. Going, it's a crack, yeah. I love that. Okay. Can that become a bumper sticker? I'm working on that. Love Thanks, it. Thanks, All right, so he, here's the deal, okay? So as you know, I'm writing this book on business-to-business applications of social media, and uh, we had this really great call with the, the editor at Wiley, and he helped us out, uh, and he broke out a few new chapters that he wants to have in the book. And uh, mm-hmm. one of the chapters he thinks she could, he, we should have, and we think he's right, is a chapter on gaining buy-in and getting resources. Now, I know there's been a lot of books about this. I know your new book, Engage, is more about once you have the buy-in and the resources, what do you do, right? Uh, actually, I have a whole chapter on how to get buy-in and another chapter on how to align resources based on the work that needs to be done today and as it grows. Oh, well, I'll just use that chapter. You don't mind, do you? No, no, just go ahead and... Just, just copy and paste? Create a comment. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> so so, so give, give us an overview. What does it take to get buy-in from stakeholders inside organizations? What are the common objections, and how do you overcome them? Well, I have this, this saying, right? In social media, you have to go... Everything starts with a champion, right? But at some point, you have to go from champion to almost like a politician uh, or a diplomat because we have to sort of raise awareness of what it is that we need to accomplish and what it's going to take to accomplish it <clears throat> among the decision makers, right? And those, it's, so it's a little bit of groundswell, bottom-up, and also trying to aim at a top-down approach, right? Getting the buy-in from those executives who can sign off on pilots uh, and then in turn take a look at those pilots and then fund further, you know, further programming. Now, in order to do that, though, we have to speak their language. There's a lot of discussions, you know, that talk about whether or not we need to measure ROI, whether or not you can measure ROI, uh, what are the types of metrics that we can do out there. Look, what's going to be important to these folks is that we apply information to them in a way that they're used to measuring it, right? Even though this is a new medium, we have to help them learn by speaking their language and then ultimately teaching them something new, almost like learning a new language through immersion, right? And one of the things that I do is I make a case for it before I even present the idea to anyone, and that is I will go out, I will spend a a week, sometimes on my own time, uh, because there just isn't enough time to do it in 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 the day job hours, to figure out where are these conversations taking place, to what extent, where, what are the themes? Um, is this more for something for service? Is this something for uh, engineering? Is this for marketing? Um, basically trying to get a, a, an alignment of all of the activity, the specific divisions within the organizations, and see how any of those apply to what it is that we're currently working on in terms of new products, movements, um, et cetera, or see if we can identify any types of hotspots. <clears throat> But basically, everything is the result of the research, and I put all of that, I, you know, I review it all, I put it all into a, a fancy-spancy PowerPoint, which, you know, is, is the, the tool of choice amongst the, the C-suite, <laughs> and 
I uh, really present what it is that I found, and I distill it to the point where it's not overwhelming, but it's very clear as to the opportunities that we would have, what we could do, and then how we would in turn measure it, uh, and then talk about some of the ideas of which could be packaged uh, in a way that would get sign-off. The top-rated, longest-running social media communications training program comes to Los Angeles this August 2010. Bring your laptop, log on, and learn the ins and outs of effective social media communications and search engine optimization. Reserve your space by logging on to www.newmediaprbootcamp.com. You know, one of the uh, discussions that comes up a lot amongst people in the measurement world is, uh, you know, do you, I mean, people are comfortable with advertising equivalency, but advertising equivalency, you know, there's a very good argument that says it's meaningless. And the truth is, I think you could apply that same logic to a lot of the measurements that are in place today, i.e., you know, uh, using something like circulation. Uh, print circulation of a magazine or newspaper to talk about how many people it reaches is just foolish. Or even looking at the number of homes passed by a cable channel to try to determine how many people saw it is also foolish. I mean, a lot of the measurement systems we have are broken, but what you're saying is you still sort of have to shoehorn your initiative into those same sort of measurements that people are comfortable with to get buy-in. Yeah, you have to get by and look, change, <clears throat> change isn't always something that's easy to embrace, right? And so maybe the demand for metrics or ROI uh, or some sort of measurement is a stall tactic, right? Because there's this fear of change uh, or, or what have you. Whatever it is, don't, you don't spend your energy and resources debating it. Just work with it, right? And, and to be honest with you and to be honest with anyone listening to this, or everyone listening to this, I should say, you can measure stuff with social media in a way that is far more effective. It, Brian, just to, just to cut you off for a minute, just, just it, it is anyone. We actually do this show for one listener. His name is George. He lives in Anchorage, Alaska. Hey, George, will you leave a comment? Okay, sorry, go ahead, finish your answer. Well, so, George, this is for you, right? And And that is, that I have no idea what I was going to pretty say, and I, you threw me for a loop there because that was actually very funny. Um, the truth is, is that social media is measurable, right? And it's measurable to a, a meaningful state, meaning that it's not about circulation. Uh, it's not necessarily about even just ROI. There are so many amazing things that you can do in terms of metrics with social that you couldn't do with any other medium that it's all going to work to your advantage. The difference is, is, though, is that you have to sort of shift from this mindset that what was to what could be or what is, right? And I, I spent a lot of time analyzing cost per action. Um, and because in social media, right, actions speak louder than words. But social media is driven mostly by words, meaning that it's all about this, you know, proverbial conversation. Well, there isn't necessarily anything measurable in a conversation unless that conversation is designed to steer something in a particular direction. It could be, it could be click-throughs, it could be links, it could be, uh, it could be uh, shares, downloads, registrations, it could be um, uh, support, it could be causes, it could be anything that you can measure an, an action against, right? Um, and that action can be defined in, in, in numerous ways that aren't all about sales, although it could be if you'd like. 
What are but, some what are some common objections you get? The ones that are common and easy to overcome. What are they? Uh, well, how many how many uh, the, the common I get? I don't know if it's a, if, if it's an easy one to answer, but the common question I get is, all right, what do we what is it that we're going to accomplish? How many people is this going to take, and what's it going to cost? Um, and then what does success look like, right? And <clears throat> I hear that in every single conversation. The only way to get those answers, right, because I'm sure every, you know, George listening to this right now is probably saying, well, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, how do I get that answer? And that answer is research, right? Using that, for example, if you go to theconversationprism.com and you read the post uh, there that talks about how to use that as a research tool, uh, you know, document all of the activity, document the themes, document the questions, document the problems, document who those conversations are meant for within your organization. Start to just get, paint the landscape, right? Because all of your answers are there. Um, I have this, this formula that, that I talk about in Engage that says, you know, basically from the time you find a conversation that's really relevant, engage with it, uh, monitor for a response and maybe have one level of response. You know, that's, you're, you're looking at somewhere between 20 and 25 minutes for all of that stuff per engagement, right? So if you're thinking about an action at the back end of that engagement um, and you know that 20 minutes of your time costs X and you know that there are this many conversations that could have possibly been uh, responded to or started, you start to get an idea of how many man hours this is going to take and what's that going to cost. Um, and then it, you have to remember this, that with any pilot program, the minute you start engaging strategically, you increase exponentially the number of conversations that are already taking place, meaning it's only going to grow. So being very specific, very targeted, and um, also very specific with what it is that you want to cause, the action you want to cause, allows you to get a scope of reference to what this is going to look like in the pilot program and what it could look like beyond. So, Brian, you're working with Corpcom and marketing and PR, right? Are those pretty much your points of contact? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and also customer service, even. Uh, it's uh, anywhere where that, that those, those conversations with engagements are, are designed to sort of steer activity and actions in a way that benefits both sides of the table. Clearly, and, and often, since social media is new, you may be selling to those people, but they may be part of a larger stakeholder group inside the organization. So when you look at the organization as a whole, which departments are the most common pockets of resistance, and how do you overcome them? It is, uh, you know, I, I honestly don't have a general answer for that. It's different every time and then a lot of it has to depend on where the champions are too uh, because it's it's when I say it's different sometimes you know service is already on board or already experimenting in certain things or maybe it's sales or maybe it's communications um, the thing that I've learned is this that if there aren't already champions there and based on the research <clears throat> you will find that there's multiple opportunities you just have to prioritize which one it is that you pilot based on the data that comes back Everyone has concerns, um, or they also have, um, I guess, incorrect perspectives of what can be accomplished within social media. So there's a lot of education that has to take place. And so having answers to all of the skeptical questions that you could possibly imagine 
before you go into that meeting is going to be extremely helpful because it isn't, uh, again, I don't know if it's a reluctance to change or fear or what have you, but people will ask you more questions that will postpone doing this the right way. Uh, so having those answers is what's going to take to get at least some initial level of support. It might not be as grand as you'd like, but everything begins with the pilot program. It has for me, and it still continues to be that way for me, too. Any good stories you can tell about a specific instance with a client where there was a objection and you were able to overcome it? Anything come to mind? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll share a funny story with you. So, And this really works with bigger companies, maybe not so much smaller, but it maybe it could be the case for local businesses or local service providers. But when you're doing that research, I use the uh, Katie Payne method of uh, searching for the word suck or die or hate. Um, so that way you can come up with conversations that really create a sense of urgency. And every time I do that, uh, it, it, people really start to raise an eyebrow and definitely uh, expedite the process of going uh, into a pilot program. And that's the old, the old sucks test, XYZ company sucks or I hate XYZ company just in Google, yeah? In Google and also in those search boxes in every social network, including uh, Twitter and Facebook, etc., um, talk to us for a moment, if you would, about how does an organization need to reorganize to take advantage of social media? Because so many of us are realizing social media is enterprise-wide, right? It's not something that can just be parked in a given department. It's basically a communications channel that can be used to increase productivity throughout an organization. But you may be selling into marketing or PR or corpcom or sales or customer service and they know that but now they've got to I guess you know walk across the hall and explain that to you know research and development and I remember I used to read that magazine Red Herring years and years ago when it was a really hot magazine I think about almost 20 years ago and uh, you know it introduced me to the concept of bleeding edge markets and it said venture capitalists don't want to invest in a bleeding edge market because it's too expensive to educate the marketplace so when you look at the opportunity and what it's going to take to actually sell it in how do you i guess bill for all that education um, I, you know <clears throat> the thing that i've learned that you can't bill for is education it's 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 and, and, and quite honestly we're all learning this together uh and we only get stronger with experience but you know this thing is evolving quicker than our ability to master any of it uh and I, I, and I apologize, Eric, because I totally forgot what your original question was. But uh, the, the truth it, is... It's about is, organizing for, for social media, because if you're going to organize for social media, it's going to be enterprise-wide, and so you're going to have to all of a sudden get all these different departments on board that you know weren't necessarily in your corner from the get-go, and now are going to need a lot of explaining to figure out well, you know, why, it, why it should be important to them. Well, yeah, exactly. There's the um, look. There's a general mis misperception that's common. That is, social media is something that's centralized, um, and it's not because when you do the research and you do the listening aspect of it, you will. And, and this always happens. You will find that the conversations, the, the more meaningful conversations, directly align 
with the divisions of your organization. It, it's even though that that infrastructure for every company is different. It's just how it always aligns. You can always map it perfectly to HR, to sales, to marketing, to exec, you know, to PR, what have you. Um, <clears throat> Now, when you're doing that research, I always put together a bucket that shows, you know, 25% of the conversations were for customer service. You know, 10% of the conversations were for marketing. 5% were for HR. Because you get sort of an, an accurate view of how those conversations are divided, right? And in order to get that type of support across the, the entire organization, they have to see exactly what they're missing. And that's why I always say if a conversation takes place online and you weren't there to hear it, did it really happen? Once you can show that it did and once you can show those opportunities that were missed, to what extent and how it applied to specific instances, right? So how, how was it that HR missed out and what is it that they could have done specifically? How does this apply to marketing? You start to bring to life all of this, right? Because the only reason you have skeptics and the only reason you have any kind of pushback is because they don't know what's taking place. And so if you can show them to not only what's happening but what we're missing out on and what the opportunities are that lie within, you can start to bring people to the table um, in a collaborative format, right? Because you don't want to just throw it on them and say, look, this is what I need you to do now. The other thing is that, honestly, every business is going to become more not just socially aware but socially um, engaged, and that is any any division of a business that's affected by outside activity is going to have to pay attention to what's going on, and eventually they might have to start participating in that in order to steer it in the right direction. So organizing that activity is totally based on the activity that's already taking place. And then based on participation, you watch how things sort of react in order to figure out how to grow it. That's why every division needs someone to almost be like what was a community manager for the entire organization now has sort of a community manager specifically for that division. Now, it grows over time. It's not You don't just suddenly create the social media team overnight. It requires someone who is actively listening and maybe then trafficking the conversations to the right people. But as this becomes more sophisticated, teams are going to be responsible for socializing in their own. There has to be a central resource, though, and this comes back to sort of the whole brand style guide, is that <clears throat> it's not so much in public relations, but say in branding and marketing, you know, there are branding classes people have to take. There are branding style guides right, that show you can't use this, this logo or this particular message or what have you. And the same has to be done for social media. There, ha there has to be a guide to what the voice is, what the persona is, what, what's the personality of this brand. Um, what is it trying to uh, convey? How is it conveyed? What's its stature? What's its presence? You know, all of these things have to sort of be defined so that way everybody, as, the, as social media is getting distributed and divided in terms of responsibilities within the company, that everyone's on the same page, that everybody's fortifying the brand, not taking away from it, right? And a lot of that's also taking place with, with companies that aren't necessarily thinking about this first. They're out there engaging, and what's happening is there's massive brand dilution because technically the people on the front lines are adding their personalities and all this stuff to it, which is fine, but unless it's aligning with the overall brand strategy, it's diluting the, it's diluting the story. So these are all things that have to take place. And again, I always point it back to the research because that's where the answers lie. On May 6th and 7th, 2010, in New York City, co-chairs Elizabeth Albrecht and Eric Schwartzman, with the support of PRSA, bring you the third annual Digital Impact Conference, featuring keynote presentations from Gabriel Stricker, Director of Global Communications and Public Affairs at Google. 
Jennifer Preston, social media editor of the New York Times, and Jeremiah Oyang, analyst and partner at the Altimeter Group. To save $100 on admission, visit ontherecordpodcast.com for the promo code before you register. Now, Brian, you, me, and George in Alaska, we all live in the bubble. We listen to podcasts, and we are self-motivated to read blog posts, and we share our thoughts, and we tweet, and we update our, our status on, on Facebook. But, you know, often other people in the organization are not so self-motivated to learn these new things. So I guess, you know, when you encounter pockets of resistance, you know, how do you – how do you figure out a way to bring that around? Because you said earlier, it's as much about politics and advocacy um, and diplomacy as it is about, you know, subject matter expertise. So do you have any tips for us, you know, when we encounter these pockets of resistance, be they HR or legal or IT, um, any tricks or tips on how to um, neutralize them? Yeah, I think this comes back to our conversation earlier about the data. And that data is so important because they need, especially legal, <clears throat> sorry for the clearing my throat here, especially legal and HR, they have to have data and information that is very tangible. Um, and also they need to understand the, sort of the, uh, the extent or the effect of this. And while these numbers are really soft, they do help people understand it initially, at least until they become a, a little bit more um, versed in what else is possible to measure in terms of influence, and that is how many people follow those people who are saying these things, um, how many people are connected to one another. Uh, these are all important and sort of help set the stage for what it is that you want to accomplish. But in, in, as any politician will tell you, that you have to get people um, around a common cause or a common goal. So defining what that is, even if it's just a, a, a first step, the, the, the easier you can make it for people to get around you and support you, then the easier it really is. And so that's a really important step that a lot of people miss at the beginning. But again, um, that research is also, it's very easy. Uh, the tools are available for free. It just takes some time. And it's almost like, um, almost like any ad agency when they, they get invited to pitch a brand on their ideas, uh, well, for concepts, they go out and they do spec work, right? They, they design all of these things on their own dime and presented in the hopes that they might get that job. And the same is true here. You have to put your own dime into it. Uh, you get smarter in the process, so at least there's some payoff for you. But it's the only way that you're going to get the type of support is if you can bring in all the information that people need. And, and you, you got a job to do already, so you're going to have to do it outside of that job. That's And that's what I do. I, I, I just consider it spec work or investment. When you look at the um, metrics that you want to put together for a pitch, uh, you mentioned the Google sucks test, but what else? What, what are some of the sort of fundamental numbers you want to have to drive that argument home? Uh, I have to have a, a, a much more engaged conversation at the beginning uh, with, well, I guess it, it, it depends. So I'm acting in the capacity of a champion, right? I have to then really channel my... Uh, my 
ultra ego in the sense that, or alter ego in the sense that I am becoming someone who is more altruistic about the, old, the whole organization. What's the common goal? What's the greater good? What is it that we need to accomplish that's not being accomplished today, right? So it's not just about being a champion and saying, we've got to get on Twitter, we've got to get on Facebook. There has to be some business objectives behind it, and I have to be able to do that. Now, if I don't have that, then I'm going to ask or I'm going to uh, try to dig up or research or get some type of information that's going to allow me to map what it is that how these tools work to where it is that I know the company wants to go. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's true, honestly, for any medium. Uh, it's not necessarily related to social media, but think about that. How many of us do that today? How many of us do that for public relations? Really, none of it uh, is, is practiced at that extent. And it could be and it should be for social media because it's so powerful and it's so immediate that the, the, the better it is or the more aligned it is with these business goals, then the, the better performing the whole program is and it's immediately recognizable. So you're off to uh, South by Southwest? I am. I actually uh, am going to be hosting the Blogger Lounge uh, with Stephanie Agresta and, and uh, the Windows Phone team and then uh, kicking off a South by Southwest party uh, uh, with the Windows Phone team and, and TechSet uh, on Friday night. But it's not enough to get you to switch from an iPhone to their product, is it? Man, I'll tell you what. Uh, that The Windows Phone 7 product looks extremely awesome. And I'm not just saying that. And I'm also... To be honest, looking for an alternative because I cannot. I mean, while the iPhone is a fantastic experience, uh, it is not the best phone out there in the market. And whatever it is, that fusion between the, the iPhone and the AT&T service, it's, it's miserable to drop almost, you know, almost every call. And, and I, I can't wait till that stops. Well, you know, I, I, got an, I got an Android. And I don't know if it's just me, man, but this thing is crashing and it's sluggish. And I mean, it's it ain't it ain't ready for prime time, baby. I hate to break it to you. I'm bummed out too, man. I've got you know a month into this thing, I can't return it now. I'm stuck with it. Oh uh, yeah. Well, you know what? We'll just have to we'll just have to toast uh, toast to our misery. I'll look forward to seeing you at South by Southwest, and um, thank you very much for making the time. Eric, thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you out there. Okay, take care. All right, cheers. You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, the podcast about how technology is changing the world of communications. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, visit us online at ontherecordpodcast.com, on Twitter at ontherecord.com, or send email to ontherecordpodcast at gmail.com. On the Record Online is hosted by Eric Schwartzman, an independent online communications consultant whose clients include the U.S. Department of State, the United States Marine Corps, the U.S. Embassy of Greece, the Government of Singapore, Johnson & Johnson, Toyota, Southern California Edison, the Environmental Defense Fund, and dozens of small to medium-sized organizations. For information about engaging Eric Schwartzman as a speaker, social media trainer, or digital strategist, visit www.ericschwartzman.com or send email to eric at ericschwartzman.com.